Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 183. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary. I'm going to be hanging out with you, talking some New York Jets football. And oh, I am so excited to get into some fantastic New York Jets news with the offensive line. I want to talk about Corey Davis and why... There's been some interesting things going on in that front, and we're going to get into your voicemails as well. But first, we have a word from the sponsor of the program, Manscaped Attention Fantasy Football Fanatics, as draft season approaches. Don't neglect the most important draft pick of all, your game balls. Come on, guys. We all know how injuries can ruin a season, so let Manscaped take care of that Reggie Bush of yours with their skin-safe technology. This should guarantee you have a smooth ride into the playoffs. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0, and it's time for you to do the same. Join the now 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my code JETS20. That is JETS20 at manscaped.com. Pick yourself up something nice so that you could have a good NFL season. Things you love to see. And I'm getting excited about the NFL season. I'm itching for the NFL season. I know you guys are as well. I've enjoyed training camp a ton. The reaction videos each day after practice are just going through the most important notes. Like, those have done really, really well on the channel, and they're a lot of fun to make. And, you know, getting out there, I was able to go to two practices. And, the you know, the last open practice to the public is today, by the time this episode comes out of Wednesday. Uh, so it, it's just about over. It, it is here. But as we shift now and get into some of the storylines in this episode, the most important thing with the season approaching the Jets offensive line was going to be a major, major question mark and a major, major point of emphasis when discussing this football team. You know, without a doubt, the biggest thing was what what is this line going to look like? And let's be honest, the last two weeks, it hasn't looked good. Now, I maintained that I don't think it was completely fair to say, to jump to any irrational conclusions and say this is a disaster. Uh, But I also wanted to make sure that we weren't saying like everything is okay. This is everything's going to be fine. But I do feel a hell of a lot more comfortable right now with the state of the New York Jets offensive line after the news we got yesterday. So first and foremost, want to mention at the time of recording this, have not heard on Dwayne Brown, but we do know that Dwayne Brown is trending in the right direction. He is seeing doctors down in Houston, I believe, uh, and they are trying. They're, they're going to see if they can clear him. Uh, and the expectation is that he will be cleared and that he will be ready to go for the start of the season. I would not anticipate one bit seeing Dwayne Brown in this game against the Giants, but he should have a couple weeks to ramp himself up in practice with the ones, which is which is really important. So I wanted to make that distinction at the top that, yes, don't technically know uh, with Dwayne Brown at the time of recording this. Uh, again, I record on, on Tuesdays before the Talking Jets panel at 8 o'clock, and then we're going to do our reaction uh, stream to Hard Knocks at 11. So I got to make sure that I have this recorded and edited at some point to get back up to you guys by 9 a.m. the next day. 
So I, I make sure to record enough time in advance. And I, I tried to wait as long as humanly possible on it. Wanted to hear about Dwayne Brown, but that is trending in the right direction. There is significantly other big news as well. Makai Becton is starting on Saturday against the New York Giants at right tackle. About freaking time is my take on it. That's what I have to say. About freaking time. This is fantastic news for the New York Jets and for Makai Becton. I, I'm I'm happy for him. He's had a really, really long road back. He's missed the last two years because of injury. He got hurt in the first game of the season in 2021, and he missed the entirety of the 2022 season due to injury. And they were ramping him up slowly. He started on the left side of the offensive line. Uh, he was running with the twos on the left side. And then last week, finally, they said, hey, we're, we are now going to try him out on the right side. Ran with the twos last week. He played against the Carolina Panthers at left tackle with the with the twos and looked good. Makes a transition, plays on the right side against Tampa again. Looks good. Played 25 or, or more snaps each last two weeks. He is now the starting right tackle over Max Mitchell, which would be uh, an upgrade, and over Billy Turner, who in the interim is going to start at left tackle until Dwayne Brown comes back. Again, I don't foresee Dwayne Brown playing in this game against the New York Giants on Saturday. So more than likely, Billy Turner is going to be the starting left tackle. But on the right side, Makai Becton. And, you know, the biggest thing all along with Makai was health. He had to prove health, and he's done that so far, right? He's done that because there's no denying his talents. When healthy, he is a part of the best five on this Jets offensive line. And if Robert Sala was preaching that all along, and that's the point where they've reached now this week, they feel comfortable bumping him up to the ones. It's been a very slow process. I was critical with how long it took for them to get him reps on the right side. Perhaps, and we'll get into this more later in the voicemails, but perhaps it had to do with the with the knee and the recovering from the injury that they felt they could play him more on the left side. And once he passed some tests and uh, you know, some benchmarks there, then they could feel comfortable switching his side and playing him on the right side. That could be something to do with it. But I'm glad that it's trending towards him being the starter because I think he could just be absolutely dominant on that right side of the offensive line with Elijah Vera Tucker. And that kind of blends us into our next talking point here. Lincoln Tomlinson and AVT return today, which is big because those are your starting two guards. Lincoln will play on the left side, AVT on the right-hand side. And while sure, in 2021, in the summer of or spring of 2021, many assumed that Becton and AVT would be the long-term answer on the left side of the Jets' offensive line. Hasn't worked out that way, but they will, at least in the short term, for now, hopefully, maybe it turns into a long-term thing. They will handle things on the right side. And I know it's only one practice, and I don't want to go completely nuts and completely overboard, but my goodness, were they dominant yesterday in practice, specifically in the run game. That is uh, Those two guys, their strength, now they could hold their own in pass pro. I'm not saying that they're garbage in pass protection, but their strength, both of them, AVT and Makai Becton, 
is in the run blocking, getting them out in space and just doing doing things in the run game that not many offensive linemen can do. Those two together are going to be clearing lanes that you could drive a Mack truck through. That has me so excited for Brees Hall, who has been back, practiced last Thursday, didn't play in the game, he won't play in the game this upcoming week, but has looked really good and explosive in practice. And he's just going to hit that hole and go. We saw early on last year in the Denver game, you lose AVT, you lose Brees Hall. The, uh, the Jets offense 1,000% changed after that. It was not the same unit. was not the same unit. So I am just hoping that we get a full season of AVT and Mekhi Becton next to each other with Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter, Izzy Abanacanda. Uh, you want to give Miko Hartman the ball too going that way? Fine. You get creative going to the right side of that offensive line. Good Lord. And then, wait, we're not even done yet. Wait till they get Joe Tipman in there. That's the next part, right? Joe Tipman. See how this all kind of flows together? I love it. So there was a little bizarre, mysterious injury with Joe Tipman. We find out after the game on Saturday that he suffered a knee injury. Robert Sala did not want to speculate on the severity after the game. That was the quote. Sunday comes and goes, nothing. Monday comes and goes, nothing, to be fair. The team did not practice uh, over those two games, and there was no press conference. But normally, the like the injury stuff usually gets out. Someone on the beat usually picks it up, but nobody had information. And then today, we find out that Joe Titman uh, obviously still has the knee injury, uh, but he is expected to be ready to go for week one. So he won't play in this game coming up against the Giants, which thinks I would have liked to, to see him. Uh, more of him because I am I'm excited about Joe Tipman, but he will be ready for the start of the season. And while I think that Connor McGovern probably is just going to, you know, has this thing locked down to be the starter at the beginning of the year, Joe Tipman's coming for him. It was very evident in training camp and throughout the preseason because if you remember, there was a little bit of the panic at the start or, or the end of July, right? At the start of August, right around that week, end of July, early August, first week of August, that Joe Tipman was listed with the threes. He's a bust. He's this. He's that. He stinks. He plays in some in what three preseason games, looks good. Rockets up the the depth chart. Was splitting times with the ones. He went from not a realistic uh, opportunity to start to splitting reps with Connor McGovern with the ones. I I would not be shocked if by the bye week, at the latest after the bye that uh, they, they transition and they end up starting Joe Tippett because Tippman in the run game. Now, if we're talking about Tippman, AVT, Becton, those three getting out in space, doing their thing. Man, man, is that exciting. And again, like health is a big part of it, but you're, you're seeing the line come together a little bit more now. So getting Joe Tipman back for the start of the season, eventually getting him worked in. Dwayne Brown working his way back. They were much better today and hopefully throughout the remainder of the week and hopefully protecting Aaron freaking Rodgers because I don't know how you guys feel about that, but Aaron Rodgers is starting uh, this game against the New York Giants. They will have a majority of their regulars. The only one they won't have is their left tackle. So you know what you do? You put uh, C.J. Uzama or Jeremy Ruckert on the left side and give him a little extra help. That's That would be my plan. You have Billy Turner at left tackle, give him a little extra help. And you, you, you don't have these long developing routes for Aaron Rodgers. You give him a couple handoffs, 
You have them two step, you know, three step drop and throw. Get the ball out quick. Don't take any shots. Just keep this thing rolling. Keep it moving. Um, that's what I'm excited for with this. You know, I, I'm nervous about him playing in the game. I, I did the video on it earlier uh, when we found out about that on what was that Sunday or Monday? I guess I did the video on uh, the video on it. But I'm nervous about it. But you just got to protect him. Uh, and if that means having a blocking tight end on that side, good. All right. And having stuff run, run things out of the shotgun, give him a little extra time, get the ball out quick. A couple of dump offs, no long developing things, no nothing like that. Maybe get him on the move, you know, create a moving pocket. All right. I'm good with that. So I, I, I'm starting to get excited about this year. I, I mean, I've been excited all offseason. And, and now into training camp. It's felt like, and I've said this a million times on the show, but it's felt like the longest freaking offseason of all time because of all the excitement and the anticipation. And I am ready. I am ready to go for this season. I need it like I need air to breathe. Uh, and, and Becton making that jump up is sick. That's I'm so, again, I'm really, really happy for Makai Becton. I'm really, really happy for him. Good news with Joe Tipman, AVT and Lakin coming back is a good sign. Uh, and we expect to hear some good news on Dwayne Brown soon. So wanted to start there. And then I wanted to get into Corey Davis a little bit. This one's interesting. So earlier in the week, you had a Rich Samini article hinting at maybe the Jets could cut Corey Davis and free up the $10 million. Now, I want to make it clear, I am I don't want to do that now uh, with where the, the Jets are you know, coming into this season. I, I don't think that would be a wise decision. I think they have a nice wide receiver room as is. I don't think you need to make it worse with Corey Davis, you know, cutting Corey Davis, who at the absolute worst is your third best wide receiver. Yes, he's been frustrating. Health has been an issue. Drops have been a little bit of an issue. But I think with the improved quarterback play is a fine, we'll call him, you know, at worst third option in the as a wide receiver in this offense. Um, he's been away from the team for what's being called personal reasons. So I have no idea what those personal reasons are. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's related to the contracts like some people have jumped to conclusions that he must be, you know, the Jets asked him to take a pay cut. He doesn't want to. Uh, and that's the personal reasons. And that's why he's not with the team. I think if that were the case and you know, the great Jake Asman said this on one of his shows or, uh, yesterday. So shout out Jake Asman. If you're not subscribed to him, I don't know what you're doing, but just wanted to give him the proper shout out. He said this, but I agree with him uh, when I was you know checking out his show. He said, if that was the case, don't you think the agents would have leaked to Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter that this was happening and like, hey, come get Corey Davis. The Jets want him to take a pay cut. You can get him on your on your team. You can get him. I I think that would be much more likely. I, I, I don't I have no idea what the reason that Corey Davis is not with the team for, but I don't think it's because of the contract or that he's going to get cut. I don't I don't buy that. I don't think it makes sense. This staff really, really likes Corey Davis a lot. Both Robert Salas Robert Sala said it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has mentioned Corey Davis by name as part of the reasons for why he's you know he wants to come here. Um, I, I think he has value to this team in 2023. And yeah, he frees up the 10 million dollars. But what are you doing with that 10 million? 
on the eve of the NFL season at this point. Like, if you make that move in March, fine. And then you go out there and if they signed Odell or traded for DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, what drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, you had other options four months ago, five months ago, whenever, you know, however long ago. Not now. You don't do this. this you don't do this now. So I'm not in favor of that. If that's what the speculation is, which, I, again, I don't really buy it. I don't think that's what's happening here. I don't think that would be the right call. I think Corey Davis has to be on this roster. The Jets need Corey Davis to be on this roster. Uh, he gives too much value to this team in 2023 not to be here. So just wanted to put that out there and uh, talk about it because I saw it on the timeline a little bit. I saw it in the on the, the YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. People were asking me about it. So I wanted to throw my, my, my two cents in on it. Let's get into your voicemails. We've got a ton of voicemails this week, which is great. We got, we got a bunch to get through. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. By the way, uh, I know we had last week the call for uh the the tickets trying to set up uh those those tickets with uh john and we're gonna try to get that from the poconos we're gonna try to get that squared away i'm trying to talk uh, trying to get a a hold of of john i sent him a message through the google voice account so by the way some people i think some people assume that the the phone number to call in is like my my cell number it's not uh it's a google voice account it's set up so well, it's easy so that you could just get the voicemails all in one spot. Um, so uh, it's not you're not actually calling me or texting me directly. It's uh, a, a Google Voice account. Uh, so I will do my absolute best to try to get John connected uh, with one of you guys, and he could take a listener of the program to to the game. I think that would be really really cool. So let's get rolling with the voicemails. We're gonna go out to and start with my man. Uh, we're going to go to Vinny calling in from Peekskill, and he wants to give his AFC East predictions. Let me guess. I'm going to think, he, if I know Vinny, I'm sure he's very high on the New England Patriots. Let's see where he has them. Hey, Matt. It's Vinny from Peekskill. What's up, you buddy? Know, with the season drawing ever so closer, I thought it was finally time for me to give my official AFC East predictions. So we're going to start from the bottom and work our way to the top. Okay, in last place, I don't think this comes as a surprise for you or me, but to some people who still may not want to accept reality, in last place <laughs> I have the New England Patriots finishing at 6-11. and 11. Let's be real. They're the weakest team in the division. Their biggest upgrade was getting a real offensive coordinator. I don't think that's really enough to move the needle. Their defense is a paper tiger that can't really beat anybody that's good. And Mac Jones is really meh as a quarterback. Okay, now in third place, I have the Miami Dolphins. I was teetering between the Dolphins or the Bills, but, you know, my whole thing is I got to see Tua stay healthy for a full season before I can really put them any higher. I do think they'll probably finish around... 10 and 7 is probably my feel for that. And second place, I have the Buffalo Bills at 11 and 6. I do think we're going to see some regression from them with losing Leslie Frazier. 
for a year. Their defense will probably start to slow down a bit. Fair. I don't know like how much better Josh Allen's going to be because he's always been this. He's been a good quarterback, but you know he's never seemed to get that. I mean, he's a great quarterback, but you know he's never been able to get that extra level that that you see Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow get too. And last but certainly not least, at the top of the division, I have the New York Jets at 13 and four, setting the franchise record for most wins in a single season. I don't think anything else needs to be said much more than Aaron Rodgers and a super stacked defense with a butt ton of offensive weapons to have fun with. That's all. I want to hear your thoughts on it, and uh, go Jets. I love the optimism from Vinny. He is a very optimistic Jet fan. Uh, Love when he calls in. Love when he uh, craps on the Patriots. That's always fun. Uh, So, okay, I, I I like it. Um, I don't know if I am ready to give my my full predictions on each one of these teams, uh, but I will say I agree. I I I will agree that New England is a six or seven win team. I think the Dolphins can win nine or ten games. And the reason why I have them at that spot is because I don't trust Tua to play a full season. He hasn't yet in in three years. And credit to him because he has taken a massive step forward in his third year. He had a very, very, very good season, and they are a good football team. I don't want this to be that Matt hates the Miami Dolphins. He, you know, it's just biased, biased Jet fan. They're a good team. They are a very good football team. I just don't know if their quarterback could stay healthy. And... Their backup, Mike White, it can't stay healthy either. They have they have problems at, at the quarterback position. I don't know how much I really trust any of their their quarterbacks beyond beyond Tua. A healthy Tua, sure, he's probably you know he's a top half of the league quarterback, close close to top ten. I have him probably just outside the the top ten, but he, the issue is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, and right now they have uh, they have Skylar Thompson also, who might end up finishing ahead of Mike White. And Mike White had a concussion already, which is scary. And obviously, hope that you know turns out okay for for him. But you know they have weapons in, in Waddle and Hill, and they had Braxton Berrios and Robbie Chosen is there, uh, aka Robbie Anderson and Cedric Wilson, and who knows maybe they land Jonathan Taylor. But uh. Yeah, I think I have them at 10, 9 or 10 wins. And it could be more if they they got a full season of their quarterback. And I, obviously, I think losing uh, their their cornerback and, and Jalen Ramsey is going to hurt. It's it's tough. They're, they're in a tough spot in a tough division. And I I keep going back and forth with the Bills and the Jets. I'm not ready to, to give my final prediction there yet, but... Um, I think it's down to those two teams. I think it's going to be a very, very tight race. I would love 13. I'm between, I'll say this, I'm between 11 and 12 wins for both the Bills and the Jets. I think they finish right around that mark and are very close. And Miami could be there if they get uh, the the health of their quarterback. Uh, Let's go to, and thank you so much, Vinny, for calling in. Let's go to Jeffrey calling in from New Jersey. He wants to talk some Mekhi Becton. Go figure. This is going to be a popular conversation piece, I bet. 
Hey, Matt, it's Jeffrey from New Jersey here. And uh, my biggest takeaway from this preseason game was how dominant Makai Becton was. And I got to give this guy credit. He's come back from these two injuries uh, very well, lost a ton of weight, put himself in fantastic shape, and he's been competing for this job. And let me tell you something. He's, he's a different animal on the right side of that line. And he... I know by the time this podcast is going, we'll know if he got first-team reps. But oh, baby. He really should. I mean, and there's no reason that if he's healthy, there's no reason reason that he shouldn't be starting on this line because you can't have Max, a.k.a. Sax Mitchell, on the left or right side of this line or else the run game's going to be just completely non-existent on that side because the guy just, he, he's got to grow. He needs time. He needs to sit back and be a backup, okay? And then I still, I really don't want Billy backup Turner on the offensive line either starting. I mean, I don't want to trust my 38-year-old quarterback behind Max Mitchell or Billy Turner. So, you know, let's see how Makai does. Let's see if he gets starting reps, and let's see how he does. And, uh, you know, thanks for the show and everything. Bye. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Bill, uh, Billy backup, a.k.a. Billy Turnstiles. Uh, it, you don't want him as a starter. If he's your fourth tackle, fine. Max Mitchell, same deal. If he's your third or fourth tackle, I'm good with that. I don't think he's ready to start. Uh, and I'm happy that Makai is stepping up. I am happy with his performance from camp yesterday. I can't wait to see him out there against the Giants. And I think this offensive line is at their best when he is out there and healthy. Uh, I'm really, really excited for him. Uh, I think he's earned this opportunity. Robert Sala has praised him a ton about his mindset. Aaron Rodgers has praised him a ton. Uh, he's an easy guy to root for. And I'm with you. Like the option, the drop off, I, I, I don't think it could be stated enough. The difference between uh, healthy Makai Becton or Max Mitchell slash Billy Turner, it is a big difference, a huge difference. And. And getting Dwayne Brown back, too, I think is going to eventually help. Maybe Mitchell can, down the line, be a starter, but I think his best role is as that swing tackle or as that third tackle. And Billy, I was fine with him for depth because I was figuring he would be their fourth tackle. But unfortunately, he's had to play a hell of a lot because they were ramping up Mekhi Becton slowly. He's been with the twos the entire time, and Dwayne Brown hasn't practiced yet. So Billy Turner's been in a role that he probably shouldn't be in. So I, I'm very, very thrilled that Makai's getting this role. Um, I'm amped up about it. I really am. Let's go to Joe calling in from Oceanside, Long Island. There we go. Fun fact. Matt O'Leary, fun fact. I used to work at Played Against Sports in Oceanside about a decade ago. So shout out Oceanside. Special place in my heart. From uh, 2013, Matt O'Leary working at Play It Again. Shout out, Play It Again, Sports Oceanside. Hey, Matt, how you doing, uh, my fellow Long Islander? This is Joe from Oceanside. What up, man? So listen, I want to discuss the Jets' 53-man roster. I've been given a lot of thought to this, and as we know from last year, the Jets got, what, eight guys claimed from their team? Uh, looking at their roster this year, I'm even thinking it could be even more. Now, we need to see how some of these injuries shake out, like to Izzy, Titman, 
and Ruckert, who we might be able to sneak them on PUP and keep three guys. But I'm worried about guys like Bam, Brownlee, Coots, and Dean because the numbers just don't add up. But I do see one silver lining is that this year the NFL changed their roster cuts through the last game where teams now hold on to 90 players and go down to 53 on August 29th. So if my math is correct, that's 37 players being cut from each team, 32 teams. That's 1,100-plus guys being added to the waivers at one time. So could there be a chance, because of the oversaturation, that the Jets might be able to sneak some of these guys into their practice squad? Let me know your thoughts, and uh, thanks for all your work there, Matt. Thank you so much for checking in with us, Joe. I think you bring up a really good point uh, with, you know, the oversaturation, right? And who knows? Like, we've been talking about guys like Izzy and Brownlee and Gibson uh, and, you know, the, the guys who are on the roster bubble. But the Jets could also go out there and choose from one of those other 1,100 guys and say, oh, we'll pluck this guy and we'll put him on our roster instead. So that even adds an extra wrinkle to it, too. Uh, I am worried about the same guys you mentioned. Bam Knight, I think, has a chance to get claimed. Um, Zach Kuntz also has a really good chance to get claimed. I would think Brownlee, Malik Taylor, Xavier Gibson, they're not going to keep all three. Those guys have a chance to get claimed. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tanzel Smart is someone who's probably going to get cut that I think could get claimed. Uh, Trey Dean, who you mentioned, is uh, another one. I, I I, think there's a chance that, with, with any of them, there's a chance that they could sneak through and make the practice squad. You don't, you don't know. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I share that same thought that they are definitely candidates who could very well get clean. And I'm interested to see, from the other teams in the league, who who's getting clean. Who's getting released? Very curious. Because maybe there's someone on them who becomes available that you didn't think would become available. You sign them to the roster, and then that alleviates a spot that you thought was going to somewhere else. It's going to be very interesting. But you bring up a really good point that, you know, with the number of guys that are going to be available, maybe some fly under the radar. That's natural. That could absolutely um, happen. But. Yeah, the Jets had a ton of guys claimed last year. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing if something similar happened this year where they had a bunch of guys uh, go. Let's go to Jake in Jersey. Wants to get into Becton. Hey, what's up, Matt? Jake from Jersey. Um, I just watched your Makai Becton video. I was just curious. Did you happen to see that ESPN report that came out, like an insider report about Becton's doctor that didn't I guess, like, set up his snap count, basically, it seemed like. So, like, they're almost, like, ramping him up by, like, what the doctor had to say. I, I guess that's what it was. That's kind of what I got from it. I'm curious if you saw that report or not. I'm a little confused by it, but um seems like if that's the way, and, like, supposedly he needed so many snaps until his doctor, like, cleared him for, um, I guess, cleared him to be able to play on the right side because it put more 
stress on his knee until a certain amount of strength is built up, it seemed like. So if that's the case, it seems a lot better with this approach that they've only been doing like 25 snaps or whatever to build up strength, that's fine. I just wish Salah would have said that. Instead of saying, like, ah, I want to see him play a full game, but then it does, it seems like, ah, dude's not letting him play a full game, but kind of cleared some things up if I read it correctly. But um, just curious if you saw that. Um, Excited for the season, man. Let's go. Go Jets. Thank you, man, for checking in. Yeah, I did see it, and that was kind of my interpretation of it, too, was that the Jets wanted to take it slow based on that report. But it wasn't well-known information. We only found out about this because of that that article. I believe it was Simini who had it. One of Somebody on the Jets beat put it out there, uh, which that makes a little bit more sense because all along my thought process and, you know, eventually we got to, to the point where Becton moved over to the right side and is now running with the ones. I'm, I'm glad that this is, you know, where we ended up. But my reasoning behind wanting to get him to the right side faster uh, was not with the knowledge that they needed to build up the strength in the knee from the left side first to then move over. It was, I don't see a path to him being the starting left tackle. I think they should be getting him reps on the right side because I don't trust Billy Turner or Max Mitchell as much as I trust Mekhi Becton. That was the only reasoning behind it. It wasn't, hey, you know, throw the conditioning out the window, throw the ramp up out the window. Uh, that was, you know, it, it wasn't common knowledge at the time that Becton needed to work up on the left side first and then he would get cleared or, or get the approval, I guess, of the doctors to move over and switch sides. And the moral of the story is I'm just glad that this is the result that we landed in with him playing on the right side. I know he probably wants to be left tackle. I get that. But I think for 2023 uh, and for this current Jets team, their best interest is to have Mekhi Becton on the the right side. He's one of the Jets' best five linemen, uh, and, and getting him out there on the right side, I think, is is worth it for, for this Jets team. We got Billy calling in. He wants to talk some Joe Tipman. Yes, this is Billy Bilstein. Yeah, that's right. I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller. And I would like to ask you a question, Matthew O'Leary. You stated that you hope that Tipman is not injured too severely. Well, I say if he was, wouldn't that help the team keep trading on the roster because then they could make Tipman a publicist candidate? Or even put him on the IR and then keep trading. And next year, Kidman can play center. What do you think of that, Matt O'Leary? By the way, is O'Leary Irish? There's no way. <laughs> Come on. Oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> Fun one uh, from Billy Bilstein on the podcast. Uh, we'll answer it, though. Uh, I, I'm glad that Joe Tittman's not going on the pup list or on IR. I know that could potentially open up some uh, roster spots, theoretically. I still think Trey Dean could get on the roster because Jarek Bernard Converse is probably going on. 
uh, the pup list or IR to to start the year, and that's kind of the one for one swap on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't think you have to worry about that. O'Leary, very Irish. Yeah, I did. Although I did the what is it, the ancestry, I believe. And at first it came back, it was like 80 something percent Irish, but it's dropped now. And it's more, I think it's in like the high 60s, low 70 percent Irish. I know I have some, uh, I have some German from my mom's side, which I knew about. Uh, I have some Swedish from my dad's mom. And then there's some like other mixed European mix, but from like, very like milky white pale areas, which makes sense with the, you know, I'm fair skinned, redheaded, freckly kid. What can you do? <laughs> it works for me. So uh, there we go. Thank you so much to Billy Bilstein for calling in. We got one more. Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley is calling in uh, and he wants to talk about a good problem that the Jets have. All right, let's hear him out. Hey, man, it's Peter from up at the beautiful Hudson Valley. Calling in again. I think my first call just kind of went all over the place, so I'm going to try and give you a, a second one that's a little bit better and hopefully a little more organized. Perfect. You can call this, uh, the theme of this, uh, a good problem to have. Uh, you got to look at it this way. Um, with all the roster gymnastics that are about to happen for every team, and the Jets, you know, needing to cut down to 53 players by next Tuesday at 4 o'clock, uh, it's going to be... a nitpick at this point to, you know, see who winds up not being on that initial 53-man roster versus some guys who get brought back on the 16-man practice squad as well. And it's going to be tough to make that decision as well because there's so much talent overall versus being bereft of talent a few years ago before Joe Douglas was here Yes, that it's going to be hard to make all these decisions and uh, small differences in film and tape that have, you know, happened due to the preseason games are going to be what makes the difference versus who stays and who goes. Obviously, I agree with you in one sense. Uh, we don't want to have another Jason Pinnock situation where you lose a versatile piece like him who started at cornerback, was learning safety, he can play both, and hopefully that's something we can do with uh, Jerick Bernard Converse. But I have a feeling based on his injury, he might be sort of redshirted like uh, Jeremy Ruckert was, and he might not see action on the field until later this year possibly. But, again, it's a good problem to have to finally see that there's so much talent on this Jets roster that it's going to be hard to set that initial 53-man roster, set a 16-man practice squad, and, you know, have enough talent at all areas and uh, and get a team on the field that's going to be a winner throughout the season, This you know, this season upcoming. So my question, though, is this, and it's something that, um, has happened over the last couple of seasons with that 16-man practice squad. Every team's allowed to sort of elevate two players every week. Um, so you basically have a 55-man roster. And I'm just wondering, considering the salary cap keeps going up and up, um, short of the one year where COVID kind of brought it down, if eventually the NFL is going to look at that and say, well, maybe we might as well make the roster 55 instead of 53. So maybe it makes it a little less hard at the end to, you know, those one or two players... Uh, that you cut and you go, oh, I really didn't want to cut that person. Well, now you're able to keep them because maybe the roster is a little larger. So maybe that's something the NFL decides to do in the upcoming years. And just want to know your thoughts on that. Obviously, it won't make a difference this year with the roster. But, again, it's a good problem to have. We're going to certainly find 53 guys that are going to be talented and another 16 that can help you know supplement over the course of the season. So let's see what happens next Tuesday. And no matter what, let's hope Aaron Rodgers is behind 
a starting offensive line this Saturday against the Giants. Amen. It includes Dwayne Brown at left tackle, Makai Becton at right tackle, AVT back, Tomlin. Uh, he, got, he got cut at the end. The three minutes went up. But it, the, the point remains the same uh, from our guy, uh, Peter, from the beautiful Hudson Valley. Uh, that one, uh, just to cl- his closing thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, he will be behind a uh, a pretty formidable starting offensive line, uh, minus Dwayne Brown. I would be shocked if Dwayne plays in the game. Uh, so give Billy Turner some help on the left side. It, it's, it's such, it is vastly different than years gone by, not that long ago, where you're trying to make up this 53-man roster and you got guys who really shouldn't be on a 53-man roster making your team. They, they went from one of the league's worst rosters for a long, long time to an above-average roster, a very good roster. This is the Jets' best roster they've had since 2010, easily, in my opinion. Maybe the best Jets roster that I've seen play the 2010 Jets is the best roster best team rather excuse me that I that I've seen play uh I was alive for 98 but I was three so I, I can't you know really comment on the 98 Jets they said they went 12 and four Vinny had a phenomenal year Curtis Martin had a phenomenal year and you had Keyshawn and Wayne Corbett and you know a really really damn good uh a really good football team in 98 you know that probably should have won the Super Bowl that year uh but I, I absolutely think this is going to be the most talented roster that I that I've seen in in my Jets fandom coming up here, and it is a good problem to have. It, it stinks losing Pinnock, and look, I'm not complaining because you have a guy like like uh, you know Tony Adams who you found as a UDFA. I wasn't saying that the Jets should have kept uh, Jason Pinnock over Tony Adams. You could make some cases over, you know, some some other guys, and I, I don't know. I I liked Pinnock, who was making that transition. I thought he was worthwhile to keep. It didn't w- work out here. The Jets tried to, you know, they tried to get a little cute and put him on the practice squad, and he got claimed and was starting a playoff game for the Giants. Like that happens, but the Jet, like no, the Jets were with their fifty three. They were keeping guys that wouldn't make other teams. And now they're in a spot where they are cutting guys that people want. They had the most players claimed last year. And they're going to have some this year as well. I mean, that's what we talked about with, uh, with Joe from Oceanside. When you're, when you're making this difficult decision with the 53-man roster, because let's face it, it is a difficult decision. It's not going to be easy for the New York Jets. It's, they're going to have some guys get claimed. Bam Knight's not making this team. You know, assuming that Izzy's going to be healthy enough for the start of the year, I think he probably should be fine. You're, you're going to get Bam Knight probably gets claimed. Zach Coons, someone will, I think someone will pick up Zach Coons, and it is what it is. You know, maybe they have a career elsewhere, maybe they don't. And then that's not even to factor in, like I said, for Joe's call. Maybe the Jets like someone that gets cut, and they want to put that guy in, and you know, someone who we liked, like I don't know Malik Taylor, Xavier Gibson, Jason Brownlee. We think, oh, those are three quality guys fighting for that sixth spot. They could throw an audible and say, ah, we're only going to carry five. Or they can go, oh, this guy gets cut. Let's pluck him out and put him in instead. Would be interesting. But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Just Jets. I appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, Make sure to follow along on social media as well, Matt O'Leary and why. Should mention the shop as well. I don't really mention that nearly enough. Uh, links to the shop and my collab shirt with uh, Just Jet Up. 
is down below in the description of the video. So if you're interested in picking up any merch for the start of the season, you could do that. Uh, Talking Jets, we do the panels every Tuesday, and we are doing a group buy. We are all going to, the three of us, myself, Ryan, and Greenbean, are going to Jets Chargers on Monday Night Football. If you want to join us, tailgate, ticket, on-field experience, shirt, all included in the package. Check it out on TalkingJets.com. That's going to do it for me in this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.